Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. Isn't it great to belong to this church? Isn't it wonderful that we get to call Healing Place our home? Isn't it great that God has planted our families, both single people and married people and even old people? God has planted us here so we can grow. I am just, I'm so grateful. Out of all the places in the world I could live, God put me in Baton Rouge. And God has allowed me to be a part of Healing Place. Can we give the Lord a great hand tonight for Healing Place Church? Thank you. So I thought about it, and I want to talk to you about growing faith. Have you ever heard these words? Gather, grow, go. Those are new around here. I know we haven't heard those, but they're new. They'll get in your blood system pretty soon. You see, Healing Place hopes that our faith will grow so that the boundaries of the work of the Lord around us will be enlarged. Healing Place hopes that our faith will increase so our area of ministry can stretch beyond where we've been. On our best day, Healing Place Church can fill up the lower section of the south end zone on the right-hand side of Tiger Stadium. We've got to increase. We need to grow. I've lived long enough to understand a couple of things, and here's something I've experienced. Little faith inspires less faith. And when you have less faith, you plant little campuses and little opportunities. But when we have a growing faith, it inspires greater faith. And we plant larger and more campuses. God wants us to have a growing faith. How's your faith doing? You see, your faith stirs my faith. And together, our faith is greater than the individual component. Your faith stirs my faith, and together, our faith is greater. We have got to grow our faith. Take your Bible this evening and turn to 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel, chapter 21. We're going to start at verse 15. But while you're turning, let me lay a little groundwork for you. So how many have heard the story of David and Goliath? Pretty much all of us. So by faith, David was able to slay Goliath, this, this giant Philistine from the city of Gath, who taunted and, and did everything in his power to defy the armies of the living God. And when all the rest of the armies of Israel were running to hide, David stood tall. David stood there knowing the faithfulness of God. He said, the God who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the bear, he will deliver me from you. 
King Saul tried to put the new high-tech armor on David, and it just didn't work. David said, I know what works for me, and he got his old shepherd's staff, and he got his sling, and on the way out the door, he found a little stream, and he stopped down, and he picked up some stones. Anybody remember your Bible? How many stones did David pick up? How many? Five. We're going to come back to that in a moment. Here comes Goliath across the valley of Elah, stomping in the dirt, screaming out, isn't there someone in Israel who can come and give me a decent fight? When all the Israelites, including King Saul, were shaking in their tents, this boy David stood up and said, here I am. I'm ready. For today the Lord will deliver you into my hands. Today the Lord will conquer you. Today there's going to be a God seen in Israel and he's going to do a mighty work and he's going to use someone like me. And David, by faith, was used by God to rescue all the children of Israel. It was the Lord's battle. I love the fact that the Bible tells us, 1 Samuel 17, that David ran, not from but to the giant. Hmm. Listen to me. It wasn't David's skill with the sling. It was his confidence in the faithfulness of God. We have to be a people of faith who says, I know who God is. I know how God operates. And I'm going to run, a, no, not away. I'll run to the next giant that stands in front of HBC. And I'm going to stand with our leadership. And we're going to see God conquer some things. Oh, God's looking for us to grow our faith. You're right there in, in 2 Samuel, what did I say? Chapter 21, what verse? 15. Watch this. So David's killed Goliath. Watch. Once again, the Philistines were at war with Israel. And when David and his men were in the thick of battle, David became weak and exhausted. And Ishbi Binab was a descendant of the giants. His bronze spearhead weighed more than seven pounds. And he was armed with a new sword. A seven pound spear might be 10 to 12 feet long. And he had a new sword. I wonder how long he sat waiting for the Amazon camel driver to roll up and to bring his new sword. And when he got it, he took the bubble wrap off. He thought, I'm ready to go. And he rolls out and he gets David in a spot. And the Bible says David was what? Weak. He'd been fighting a long time. It's been a whole book since 1 Samuel when David first killed Goliath. And now David is cornered. He's in a battle for his life. He's fighting something so big he can't win on his own, but watch. Verse 17. But Abishai, but Abishai, the son of Zeruah, came to David's rescue and killed the Philistine. Drop down and pick up verse 18. After this, there was another, say that word, another. Another battle against the Philistines at Gobi. And as they fought, Sibachai from Hushai killed Saph, another descendant of the giants. Verse 19, during another battle at Gobi, Elnaz, son of Jair from Bethlehem, killed the brother of Goliath at Gath. And the handle of his spear was as thick as a weaver's beam. I tried to look that up, how big is a weaver's beam? All about the barrel of a softball bat. It's a big guy. But the Bible says, 
Elahan said, I got this. I'm a man of faith. Look at verse 20. In another battle with the Philistines at Gath, they encountered a huge man with six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot. I can just see him walk out and just stick up his hand just to get your attention. He also was a descendant of the giants. But when he had defied and taunted Israel, he was killed by Jonathan, the son of David's brother, Shemaiah. Verse 15, the Philistines were at war. Verse 18, after this, there was another battle. Verse 19, another battle. Verse 20, in another battle. Let me tell you, we're going to face some giants and some battles, and we're going to have to be a people who have faith. By the way, look at this verse. Look at verse 22. These four Philistines were descendants of the giants of Gath, but David and his warriors killed them. How many did David kill out of these four? None. The Bible doesn't say that. But David's faith inspired others to get up and to be used by God. Our church is counting on us to grow our faith in such a way that we get up and we become strong enough to be used by God. And we can step up and say, I got this. I can handle this one. Go ahead on. We got this corner right here. We're going we're gonna to move the hand of God. Remember, it wasn't David's tools, but it was David's faith in a great God. And the precedent of David's faith, it was so strong, it inspired these others to do great things. At Healing Place Church, we've got to take heart and understand our leaders need us to grow. To grow in our faith. That we can set our heart on God's word. That whatever giant shows up, we can say, we got this, Pastor. We're going we're gonna to pray this through. We're going to hold your hand. We're going to believe God. Healing Place Church has a big vision. And we shouldn't be ashamed of a big vision. There are other campuses we haven't started yet. Turn to your neighbor and say, other campuses. Oh, can't believe you're going to try to go to St. Francisville. You're going to start under somebody's little carport sitting on some bales of hay. We did. It's worked. Oh, you're going to go try to Denham Springs. Oh, man, don't go to Denham Springs. We did. It's working. Then somebody said, we ought to put a place down in Ascension Parish. AP is just for me. And Patrick Ramos said, I got faith enough to believe God for that. And Andrew Tullis said, I can, gather I can gather volunteers from all the other churches. <laughs> and they did. And one day, LSU. One day, LSU. And Bruley. Why not? If we, if we can go east, we can go west. That river's not too big. We can cross over. 
There's no giants over there we can't handle. There's no reason to not believe God can overcome the giants and the obstacles before us. Just because we don't have a campus there yet doesn't mean we won't have a campus one day. My heart is, who's going to step up next and be the next leader? Who's going to step up and say, I'm ready to go, Brother Mike. Teach me how. God might be waiting on someone like you to be the man or woman of faith to step up and say, I'll go and volunteer at LSU. I'll go and volunteer. Maybe we need to plant one in Zachary. Maybe we need to go to Hammond. Maybe we need to go to Auburn, Alabama. Probably not Tuscaloosa, but Auburn maybe. Maybe we could go. Pascagoula, Mississippi. Wherever God tells us to go, that's where we're going to go. Why? Because God will be faithful and God will meet us there and God will use people just like you and me. Can you give the Lord a hand of praise tonight? So David's faith inspired these men and they were used by God. Your faith inspires my faith and together our faith is stronger than we are individually. So what kind of faith do you have tonight? Hmm. David stopped and picked up how many stones? Five stones. He rolls out to meet Goliath. You come with me a sword, a javelin, and a spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. And he reaches in his bag and pulls out a rock, begins to whirl it over his head in a sling, and when he let it go, I believe the angels of the Lord guided that to the one spot on the head of Goliath where it could do its damage. And the big boy fell. But in chapter 21 of 2 Samuel, David needs some help. And our church has had some great miracles happen. I wish I had time to tell you just the ones that I've seen. But there's some better days ahead and there's some bigger things we're going to have to fight. And there's some giants that we're going to need your help. We're going to need your help to believe God. So I want to show you five stones that I picked up along the way and put in my bag. Five little stones that I think that will help you understand and be ready to use. Are you, are you with me? Let's go to the book of Mark chapter 7. Come on, go to Mark chapter 7. We'll start at verse 24. This is the story of a woman who didn't know as much as you know. She was a Gentile, a Syrophoenician. She was a woman, and she was facing a gigantic problem. She had a daughter who was demon-possessed, and she didn't know what to do. Look at what the Bible says. Then Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre, and he didn't want anyone to know which house he was staying in. Now, Jesus is here, but he's hiding. You're going to have to have a strong, growing faith. The kind of faith that believes even when it looks like God is hiding, God is going to show up. When the door looks closed and you can't get in, you've got to have the kind of faith that says, I know you're in there, Lord, and I know you're coming out, and I'm not leaving until you come out here and help me with this issue, this, issue, this situation. 
Growing faith believes that God will show. You see, love can't stay inside the house when there's a need outside. And if he didn't really want to heal this woman's child, he could have stayed inside. But the Bible says he deliberately came outside. You've got to know that when the door looks closed and you can't see God, that somehow, some way, he's going to show. We say it here at our church, if Jesus is here, anything can happen. You ever been in one of them places where you couldn't see him? You know he's here, but you can't see him. I know he's somewhere around here. We have the kind of faith that believes that God will show. Like Daniel when he was in the lion's den. God will show up. Or the three Hebrews who were in the fire. We may go through this thing and they didn't realize who was going to show up in the midst of the fire with them. Or maybe I'm like, like you sometimes. I find myself looking at 2 Timothy 4 where Paul says, Demas has forsaken me. In fact, when I went to trial, Everybody left. I was standing there by myself. I feel abandoned. But the Lord stood by me. And the Lord strengthened me. Oh, we've got to have people who have the kind of faith who can trust God when it looks like God is nowhere around. Maybe like Nick and Amber Johnson out in Denham Springs. They have four sons, Benjamin, Ethan, Matthew, and Lucas. 20, uh, 16 and 17 uh, Nick and Amber were looking, thirsting for something in their life, and, and they found Jessica and Ron Fritz married small group and joined, and oh, they began to grow in their faith, they said. They, they began to connect with the group. And then by August of that 2018, she was expecting their fourth son, Lucas, but the baby came a little early, and the baby came with a cord around his neck, and the baby came with some real issues. He was born at barely 40 weeks, weighed four pounds, Took him to the NICU and he stayed there for days. And then they started to realize something was wrong. 15, 20 times a day he would stop breathing. His little heart would stop. They realized something serious was happening. They were fighting a problem bigger than they were. And this boy was going to need surgery. They rushed him to the hospital in New Orleans. The children's hospital. Did surgery on him. Came through. Came home happy and healthy. By 2019, Amber started feeling a little pain in one of her knees and went to the doctor. They did an MRI on her left knee and found some spots in, in bone marrow. They did a full body scan and you know what? They found numerous hot spots in her bones. Here's a woman who's trying to nurse a child that's been sick and now she's hurting in her legs. What do we do? She came to an unplugged here at Highland one Wednesday night and got touched. And the following Sunday showed up at church and they prayed over her and anointed her with oil and people agreed with her. By October, she goes back and has more scans and tests done. And the doctor says, we don't know what's happened, but the hot spots have gotten smaller. They shrunk. February of 2020, their son Ethan woke up. He was in terrible pain. He was screaming. She said, oh God, what do I do? I don't know what to do here, Lord. I'm putting all this in your hands. Tell me, Lord, what to do. And suddenly the Lord spoke to her and said, take your son to the children's hospital in New Orleans. Now, they don't live in New Orleans, but get in the car and take off. And she did. Her husband met her there and the doctor said, you need to take a seat. I've got some tough news. We believe that your son has a large tumor on his kidney. And the tumor has ruptured. 
and we're going to have to do major surgery on this boy. And they did a five-hour surgery on another one of her sons. He came through the surgery, and they said, now you got to go to St. Jude's. It's going to be a 25-week treatment. And they headed out for their first four-week trip to Memphis. The day they were going to leave was the day that Louisiana said no one can travel because of COVID. And here they have to leave their three children, couldn't take them with them, had to go all the way to Memphis and go through all of the struggles and the trials with their own child. And she said, we were tested and we faced many challenges, but we knew there was one thing we could do. We could rely on a faithful God who would meet us there. By May of 2020, their other son, Benjamin, was kind of feeling a little uncomfortable. She said a little moody, a little cranky, not doing too good, struggling. They took him to the doctor, and the doctor said, we've got to get him to the emergency room. He has type 1 diabetes. You're talking about battle after battle, giant after giant, coming after one family in our church. But you see, they were part of our church. And they were surrounded with people who had faith and people who would believe with them and people who would encourage them and people who would stand with them. And she said, and the peace and the comfort of the Holy Spirit came. And we knew that we were not walking alone. We were surrounded with people of faith. A little later that year in July, Matthew, the other son, they go to visit somebody's house. They got a cool tree house. He climbs up the ladder and falls. Lands flat of his back. Eyes roll back. He stops breathing. His lips are starting to turn blue. Someone grabbed 911, called him on the phone. And Nick, his dad, laid hands on him and began to pray. And the power of the Spirit. He said he felt something come from his arm down into that boy. And that boy took a deep breath and came back alive. We've got to have a faith that can believe God whatever giant shows up at our house. My wife taught me this. He said some of the giants in David's day had names. Cancer, diabetes, discouragement. But sometimes giants come and we don't know their name. They just show up. And they got six fingers. And they try to scare us. But if God be for us, who can be against us? They took that boy to the hospital, did x-rays, CT scans. Looked like there was a hairline fracture on his skull. Maybe some hemorrhage on his brain. They admitted him overnight. Twelve hours later, she said, the doctors came in and said, there's no fracture. And we can find almost no evidence of any blood on his brain. In fact, we don't even find any bruising from where he fell. How do you know our God is a mighty God? Our God is a faithful God. Our God doesn't care what giant comes to our house. Our God will be there with us. So when we understand what it is that we have in our pocket, that when it looks like, Lord, I need a miracle, but where are you, God? I can't see you. Let me give you another stone. Here's stone number two. Let's turn this time to the book of Matthew, chapter 15. This story of the woman is found in both Matthew 15 and Mark 7. So I want to be sure that we catch the whole thing. Turn to Matthew, chapter 15, and this time, verse 23. Remember, 
Jesus is in the house. Looks like he's hiding. But finally he comes out. Great faith believes God will show. Here's the second thing. A growing faith can hear something in the silence. Watch what the Bible says. Verse 23. And Jesus gave her no reply. Not even a word. Not one. He's just standing there. Lord, what do I do? Excuse me, Lord, could you speak up? What do you want me to do? Just standing there. No reply. Not even a word. Now look at what the Bible says. And the disciples said to him, could you like send her away? You know, she's kind of like getting all up in our chill. Could you just like have her move on down? She's making lots of noise and, you know, we can't do anything. She's, she's bothering us. Can, can, you, can you imagine coming to church? We don't have time to pray for you. We're busy. That's not a healing place. If you ask for prayer, somebody will get you. We'll attack you if we have to in the parking lot. We'll get you. We'll pray for you. Faith can hear something in the silence. What does it hear? That the Lord hasn't said no. Sometimes he says, go. Sometimes he says, slow. Sometimes he tells me, grow. But if he hasn't told me no, then I can dare to believe him for the miracle I need in this situation. Can, what can you hear in the silence? Because there are other people telling me God doesn't have time for me. God can't do the miracle that I need done. But Jesus was standing there and this woman continued to cry out. She said, I hear something in the silence. You haven't said no. You could still say yes. I'm not leaving until my daughter gets her deliverance. Yes, Lord, maybe, maybe I don't have a right to receive. Maybe I come from the wrong side of town, but I'm here to tell you, God, I'm not leaving because my faith can hear something in the silence. Continue on Matthew 15, this time verse 24. Then Jesus speaks, right? Look, then Jesus said to the woman, well, finally, the Lord's going to talk. What does he say? I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. Here's the third stone that I found. Great faith can pick up on a single word. She heard the word sheep. Sheep. Mm. That means shepherd. And shepherds are the personification of kindness and love. They have a tender heart. And she latched on to that. And she said, I won't be discouraged. This makes everything better. I know that you want to bless. I know it's your nature as a shepherd to tend to little sheep and lambs. And, and I got a little lamb and she doesn't belong to your flock, but you know little lambs and this lamb is going to need a touch. And would you touch my baby right here? And then the Bible says in verse 25, she falls down on her feet and begins to worship the Lord. She prays a simple prayer. How do you know Heathen Place believes in prayer? Amen. Look at this prayer. Lord, help me. Great faith doesn't have to have a lot of words. Can hear one word from God and hold on until God begins to move. And the Bible says he's going to touch. Turn back to, to uh, 
Mark 7, we're almost done. Let's go to Mark 7. This time verse 27. Mark 7, verse 27. I know I got you going back and forth in the Word, but HBC believes in the Bible, right? This is God's Word to us, right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, right? So we believe in the Word, so I wanted to just be sure and help you see. This is right from God's Word. This isn't something that's important to me or something that I've discovered. or something. This is God's Word speaking to us. Look at verse 27. Jesus speaks and he says, First, I should feed the children my own family. There are times when it looks like the door is closed. There are times when God doesn't speak up. There are times when it seems like I'm just down to God's shepherd's heart. That's all the hope I have. But then there are times when my blessing gets delayed. And you've got to have a faith that believes and is comfortable with being next. Say that word with me, would you? Next. What does next mean? I can let you go, and I'm still next. Has anybody ever been on Segan Lane? You're trying to turn into Target. People are flying. They're cutting in front of you, and you let somebody go. And you're still next. You can let two go, and you're still next. That means next in order. That means immediately after you go, I am next. Great faith understands that even though God is doing something over there, I'm going to be next. God might be moving somewhere in California. Baton Rouge is next. God might be moving somewhere in Indiana. Baton Rouge is next. We've got to have the kind of faith that says, God, you're going to show up. And if you're going to show up anywhere, we're next. Anybody in the room would like to get in line for the next miracle from God? Faith that believes. I found this is interesting. He says, I must feed them first. When I saw that word first, I thought of second. If there's first, there's got to be a second. Lord, I believe there's something in the pantry. I believe, Lord, that you've got something for us. You may bless over there first, but we're going to be next. Here's the last one, and I close. Matthew chapter 15, this time verse 27. Go back, and we'll finish right here. Matthew 15, 27. Look at this. The door was closed. He didn't say a word. Had nothing but the desire of his heart to be a shepherd. It looked like her blessing was going to be delayed. But here's the one. Watch what the Bible says. Jesus said in verse 26, It isn't right to take the food from the children and throw it to the dogs. And she replied, That's true, Lord. But even the dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall from beneath the master's table. A growing faith believes there's always a little something for us. Growing faith believes that if I get down to a single scrap of God's blessing, he'll just brush a little something off the table. That's all I'm going to need for my world to turn right side up. 
The next time I need a healing, Lord, just a little crumb from your table. I found it interesting that she didn't get offended at the word dog. Anybody have a, a dog? I'm talking about a little dog, a pet dog, a dog that you feed from the table. Come on, raise your hand. You know you do. There's always a little something for the dog. That's what she said. I've got a faith so strong, I believe there's always going to be a little scrap of God's blessing just for me. When it looks like all that I have left is a scrap of hope. My faith cries out, every dog has his day. There's going to be something for me in this thing. Would you stand up with me, please? If we have a growing faith, there'll be access when the door seems closed. If we have a growing faith, there'll be answers when God doesn't speak. If we have a growing faith, we'll feel the attraction of God even when we don't hear very much from Him. If we have a growing faith, there'll be an anticipation. Maybe my blessing is delayed, but I can be next. And if we have a growing faith, there's an assurance in our heart that if I'm last in line, there's still going to be enough for me. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit HealingPlaceChurch.org.